Yo, yo, welcome in, you bunch of golf degenerates. My name is Joe Idoni. This is the Preferred Lines Podcast. Welcome. Uh, we've got an exciting week talking Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, I'm ready for it. Uh, this is a golf gambling podcast where we're going to go through the odds board. I'll present you a little course preview as well. Uh, streaming live right now on Twitter and YouTube, available on iTunes and Spotify. As soon as we wrap up here, I will publish it there. I appreciate you stopping in. As always, uh, take one second, leave me a like, maybe subscribe over to the YouTube channel. Um, if you do want to go over to the YouTube channel, I did this last week. I'm going to do it again. Just like put anything in the chat. It can be a question. It can be you don't like me. It can be you like me. I'm giving away another PLT. Uh, flushing through some old inventory as we got some new shirts on the way. Golf Gambling Club member. Um, yeah, I got some sizes left. So happy to pass that out to I will pick a winner out of the comments. Uh, the guy who won it last week. I know I didn't respond, but it's in the mail. It's coming to you. I appreciate you. I will confirm that shortly. Here's what I got on tap for tonight. First of all, Doozle. Doozle and Vodka. Um, risky combination, but that's the podcast juice for tonight. I'm going to do a quick course preview, Cliff Notes version of the Rocket Mortgage Classic at Detroit Golf Club. I'll go over some key stats and some important data to look at stats-wise this week. I'll bring on a special guest who I'm excited to, to talk through the odds board with this week. Uh, we'll talk best bets. We'll talk all the different rages, maybe touch on a little thing going on in New Jersey as well, answer any questions if you guys have them, and I'll wrap it up with the final thoughts. Um, course preview section brought to you by Fantasy Points. Uh, I am a member of their media group proudly. Promo code Lions22 will get you 10% off a sub to their golf package uh, that they are running every weekly, monthly, whatever kind of subscription they want. You, They just launched a brand new props tool, which I should mention that is getting a lot of love. Uh, the guest that I will bring on shortly is their lead sort of PGA content contributor. They've built a fantastic team over there. I support them. They support me. Good people. Thank you, Fantasy Points. Go sign up. Lines 22 promo code. Okay, Detroit Golf Club. Welcome to the Midwest Donald Ross design. Uh, we don't see a whole... I wish we saw some more Donald Ross. Uh, par 72, 7,370 yards. Uh, you know, classic blend of par fours, par four, par fives, four, par threes. Uh, it's a two course hybrid. So they have a north and a south there, although 17 of the holes come from the north course, only one from the south. Uh, greens, blend of, of Poa and bent grass. I'm not really sure the percentages there. Don't really think it matters all that much. Cut line. My guess for this week would be right around minus two. It's been a little bit lower than that in the past, although I'll get to that a little bit later, how I think it could potentially play a little bit harder this year. 2021 winner, Cam Davis, had him 125 to 1, won in a playoff against Merritt and Neiman. Remember that Neiman where like he didn't have a bogey for like 72 holes and lost? Like that was brutal. Uh, 2021, Bryson DeChambeau, bomb and gouge his way around this place. 2019, Nate Lashley uh, got in last second, won. Uh, start to finish. Unbelievable. We tend to see this often with these new courses, much like kind of like we saw at TPC Twin Cities last week. It takes a while for the venue and the course setup to really understand and, and be confident enough, frankly, in their course to set it up harder. 
And it tends to get harder. Like usually that first year, it's really easy. They underestimate how good these courses are. I've heard some um, rumblings. This place could be rather firm this week. So it's played a little bit harder each of the three years. I would expect it to settle around that 15 to 20 under par. I don't think they're getting back to 25 like they were in Nate Lashley's season. Um, Donald Ross staples, heavily contoured green surfaces, these quadrants, multiple levels, like there's different sections and you have to be on the appropriate section to really have a proper look at birdie. Most of them slope back to front. So being under the hole is very key. It really kind of makes you be exact on your approach shots um, to really not just hit the green, but hit certain spots of the green to give yourself um, quality opportunities. It's narrower than we've seen out of some of the recent Midwest TPC courses like River Highlands, Deer Run, Twin Cities. Those average about 38 to 40 yards wide in the fairways. This is sub 35. So heavily tree lined as well, although there is not trouble. Like unlike last week, there's water everywhere. There's water on one hole on this entire golf course. It's not even really in play. However, there are these spots where there's like these, these, ditches like the like drainage ways of the fairways you'll see it most notably on the 18th hole that effectively present like hazards i suppose um you can kind of play out of them but they are kind of unique i wouldn't call them a water hazard but weird right uh key stats for the week strokes gained approach i'm giving it a bump this week because that's what the stats have indicated with success in the past off the tee right around 10 percent of my model I'm going to look at Donald Ross courses, how players play typically on those type of layouts. Birdies are better. Opportunities gained. Putting is huge here, but hard as hell to measure. Um, not so sure the course is easy, but putting necessarily is not. I'm going to factor in distance because I remember what Bryson did to this place where he essentially took the bunkers out of play and hit up around the green on like four par fours, got to the par fives. I think he had like nine iron or wedge into one. Um, so I'm going to factor in a little bit of par five scoring as well. Those are your key stats for the week. That's your course preview. Let's bring on a guest. Welcome. Debut on Preferred Lines. New friend of mine, Dom Cinturino, Fantasy Points lead contributor. What up, Dom? What's good, dude? What's going on, Joe? Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to join you on Preferred Lines tonight. Dude, I know you kind of had a long day, so I appreciate it here. We were supposed to do it a couple of weeks ago. I had a little bit of a schedule mishap, so I appreciate your flexibility. You could have been like, could have been a jerk and been like, screw you, dude. I'm not coming on. So no, I can always, there's no such thing as a long day. I can always make something work. Um, so you are in Michigan. You are how far from Detroit? About two, two and a half hours from Detroit. And unfortunately, I never really get to make it over that way. Not that they've drawn the best fields, but I'd still like to get over there at some point. Yeah, what um I wanted to ask you, talk to me a little bit and the people a little bit about like some of the newer things and what you guys all got going on over at Fantasy Points because you've built a solid crew there with Chris, with Matt, with my man Hunter, who if you're checking this out, have a great honeymoon, dude. Congrats on the wedding. Um, but really cool stuff you guys got going on there. Yeah, so obviously all the tools launching, it seems like every other week we're finally launching something new. We had the DFS ownership projections probably about a month ago now. Uh, me and Matt kind of tweak that and go through it. Um, the DFS projections, so DraftKings and FanDuel points uh, logged into that. And then, as you kind of mentioned earlier, the PGA Prop Finder. So type, yeah, what's simply that about? Typing in a golfer's name. So Max Homa, you type in Homa click his name, and then it pulls all the odds from every – it's essentially odds checker, but you can yeah. just search a certain guy. 
and then it'll show the odds on all the major sports book and you can sort it by what state you're in. So if you're betting out of Michigan, like me, I put my filter to Michigan and it shows what books are available to me. Very cool. What do you think of the course preview that I did? Anything that I missed there or maybe anything that you're kind of honing in on this week uh, for Detroit golf club? No, nothing you really missed. Um, Weather is not going to be a factor. It's in Detroit. I mean, you obviously don't get, too much weather there um a lot of birdies i think the par fives are going to be massive um bryson i think won this event in a different way than the other two he basically destroyed it off the tee and on the greens and he lost strokes on approach which i'm not going to assume someone's going to do that because he was in a different type of form than anybody else because he headed into this event, I think with back to back to back top 10 finishes was just trending in that direction. It was the clear favorite. So you can't expect somebody to do what Bryson did, but um, yeah, off the tee approach par fives, make your birdies. Yeah. I'm looking back right now at what Cam Davis did last year and it was a pretty good blend, like 8.4 T to green. He gained, not a lot, basically level off the tee, um, 4.4 in approach, gained 3.2 around the green. Probably one and a half of that was that chip in on like the last or the second to last hole yep. where um, got him into that playoff and then gained three with the putter. Um, nothing like strikes me as crazy there. You're right. It, it's kind of a balance. But what Cam Davis does and like the type of player that he is, is, is very aggressive off the tee a la Bryson. So while he's not as long, um, he's still going to hit driver almost everywhere. And I remember yeah. watching this event last year and he got himself into precarious situations within the trees, was able to make par, but like, he's not the type of guy that's just going to like, if he sees a 390 yard par four, like he's not going to play it smart and go five iron, like nine iron. Like he's going to take driver and try to get it to 50 yards away and get up and down for birdie. So he plays the game very aggressively, Kind of like how Bryson took this place apart, which I think could be interesting. Yeah, and like you said, if you're a driver and there's, I mean, most holes are tree-lined, but you can't get into a whole lot of trouble. So even if you are wayward off the tee, I feel like if you're going to be 20, 30, 40 yards further than everybody else and can kind of make something work, like I think there is a path to that. But like you said, you can also take out a five iron off the tee. Like you there's a lot of different ways to go about this because there's a handful of short par fours that are gettable. Obviously you just kind of got to put it into whatever bucket you want to and go from there. So um, not specifically looking at bombers off the tee, but it's definitely going to help. Yeah. Even looking back at like uh, the 3M last week, like he had, he started off really poorly because he found the water and he just kept hitting driver, ended up finishing 16th. So um, I like those type of players, especially in an outright market. Like, you want guys who play it safe, that's fine. Like, they're going to make their top 20s. But, like, Cam Davis is going to miss cuts, but every now and then he's going to find himself late on a Sunday in contention when that strategy works and it pays yep. off. Um, without sort of further ado, I'm going to bring up the odds board over on Odds Checker right now, Dom. Top of the board, Patrick Cantlay, 11-1. Uh, Tony Finau coming off a win. Do you think Tony stays in this field? What do we got here? I think he stays in it. Yeah. I honestly expected him to withdraw at some point today. If he was going to, I think he's over in the Midwest. I think he's just going to keep it rolling. Uh, Will Zalatoris 16 to one is the best number on him. Then we see Cameron young again, coming off like 
what was a brilliant open championship at 20 to 1. Max Homa is 25 to 1. There's Cameron Davis at 33 to 1. Um, I will stop right there. Do you see anyone up here that you fancy a bet on? Or do you normally, do you like to bet guys like sub 20 to 1? Finau was the first one I did in quite a while last week. Good. Um, my yeah. show with Sam Wagman on, we do Tuesday nights. I had Finau as one of my three outrights. We keep it short, keep it simple, and kind of go from there. Um, I don't usually like to get into this territory, but for me, it's Max Homa. Haven't pulled the trigger yet. Um, I like the way he rates out. He's been playing the par fives extremely well. We know that has a lot of win equity and I just feel like getting him at 25 to one, I would rather do that than go up and get one of these guys in the mid to high teens. Yeah. I'm looking at him right now. You're absolutely hundred percent spot on. He is top three in strokes gained on the par five. He's top three in strokes gained approach. Um, disappointing open for him after yeah. playing pretty well at the Scottish where I think he was a very popular pick. There were some long future numbers out there a few weeks earlier that I think a lot of people hopped on, but like he's got a thing with these sort of, I don't want to call them like classical. I, they kind of are though. They're like classical parkland Midwestern ish golf courses. Like at the Wells Fargo, where he was able to win at River Highlands. He won at Quail. He finished top five at the Memorial. He's not just, he has sort of the 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 moniker of just like, get him on the West Coast, get him in California on a POA course, and like that's where you play Homa. I don't know, man. This narrative's kind of changing, and that's not a bad number at 25 to 1. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to look at course history, two for two in terms of made cuts, but I'm not looking at course history too much when it comes to winning especially looking at an outlier and cam davis last year we only have a three-year sample size obviously but davis had missed back-to-back -back cuts even said in a quote that he couldn't figure it out at detroit golf club and ended up winning so it's not yeah. like you have to have elite course history but it definitely helps if you've uh been here and made a couple cuts totally agree the guy for me that i really want to get there on but i'm not right now is Cameron Young. Yeah. Um, I had him at the open, um, was fortunate enough to have both cams, but I was kind of rooting for Cam Young, to be honest, because it would have been a huge, huge yeah. number. And I think I was like one of two people to maybe have him and everyone had Cam Smith. But like he can take like you want to talk about a guy who can take it apart with a driver. He's so deadly with that club. I know like, he maybe at one point it was like I, I thought like Rory always gets this moniker of like best driver in the world, which I, I do think that he is. Um, some people think John Rahm is. I tend to disagree there. Um, Hovland was really good for a while, but like Cam Young is so consistent. Like he's making a lot of birdies. He's unbelievable. He's number one off the tee in this field. He's number one in opportunities gained. So not only is he gaining strokes, um, moving from the tee box, which I think is the, is the most pure strokes gain stat because everyone starts at the exact same spot. He's also doing it in a, like a vague one in opportunities gain, which is just giving you like how many good birdie looks is he getting himself? So not yeah. only is he doing it off the tee, he's doing it with, with his irons and his wedges as well. But the guy for me, Dom, I do this thing, my best bet of the week, right? Okay. I do a little, I do a little like a little cheesy little graphic. I'm going to bring it up right now. I'm going to try something I usually don't do here, dude. Let's try to run this back to back. Um, All right. I got a 32 to one on him. He was the first bet. And here's kind of let me let me give a little reason why. 
Um, number two in my model this week, number one was Tony Finau. Number one was Tony Finau last week, and I didn't really trust yep. the model that I ran. Cam Davis was number two. I still do think there's a chance we see a Finau withdrawal, and the chance that he goes back-to-back to, back to me is um, unlikely. Although it doesn't really make sense. It's like spinning a roulette wheel. Like it's, if it hits 13, is it going to hit 13 again? It's no less likely. It just, it's something in your head. I got to get through. Yeah. Um, but Cam Davis uh, still playing awesome. Even did so last week. I had him in 125 to one last year. So 32 to one is, is a little bit of a tough pill to swallow, but he's playing so much better fourth in driving distance. So like that was shocking to me over the last 12. Now that's not a huge sample size, but it shows you how aggressively he's playing right now and how well he's hitting his driver. Basically in the last three tournaments he's played uh, the ball striking numbers are there third in ball striking fourth in opportunities gained over the last uh, 24 rounds. And over the last 36 rounds, he is six overall in approach the recent form I would say is very good for Cam Davis. Like this is what you want to see 16 and eight. Those are really good performances where he, he's giving himself a run on a Sunday, at least at a leaderboard, right? right? Then a couple of made cuts there where he struggled a little bit. Seventh, 48th. Course history is a mixed bag. Two missed cuts to start, then a first last year where he did mention that he really figured out how to play this place. And I think what he meant about that was, fuck it, I'm hitting driver. Like, I'm not going to try to, like, piece this place apart. That's not the type of player that I am. I'm going to hit driver. If I get screwed and land up, like, up against a tree – then I, I miss cut or I or I finish 45th. But if it goes right, I've got a chance to win. I do like Camp Davis this week. He is my favorite play at the top of the board, like I mentioned. Um, checks a lot of boxes as well as a really good putter on, on bent grass and, and sort of this time of the year. So we'll see if we can run it back to back. That's that's my favorite play of the week. What are your thoughts there? I like it. I mean, ever since what three years ago now has his rookie year, he's been one of the longest hitters on tour. So the distance has been steady, um, has shown the ability to make birdies. Uh, but the whole thing of you explaining how he's more comfortable here, he knows how to play this course. It's going to go a long way. And the, the number doesn't have to make sense. The books are sharper than us. Yeah. So <laughs> th that's what I always look at when you see an outlier. Um, why not? We've There's seen back-to-backs already this year a couple times. I mean, KH Lee, like, yeah, guys have their thing with certain courses. There's no doubt about it. It happens um, freak more frequently than than you would probably expect. Uh, moving down the board a little bit, this is kind of a, you know, could be a sweet spot range here. Kisner, 37 to 1, I think is a pretty good number on DraftKings. Adam Scott, weird that he's in this field to me. Uh, 40 to 1. Davis Riley's 40 to 1. Burned some people last week. Keegan, 40 to 1. Denny, 42 to 1, digging in the Denny dirt. Adam Hadwin, 45. Sahith, um, 45 to 1. I haven't pulled the trigger on any of these guys, dude. What, what are your thoughts in this range? No, I haven't pulled the trigger on any of these guys either. I'm always a sucker for uh, Adam Scott, but I just hmm. don't think I'm going to get there at that number. Yes. Um, I don't know why... It... I don't know why he hasn't joined the list or I think he's trying to play in this president's cup. I think he's trying to play in this president's cup. And I think that they could like probably sweep like a, they should, they could like destroy the president's cup roster. If they get Scott Hideki, Cam Smith, maybe they even like snake, like, uh, uh, like Sung Jay or Jason day out of there or who knows? Like yeah. they, they were going to like start to pick these guys apart. Webb is interesting to me. So, yes. 
up and down 45 to one. I wish there was a little bit better number. I wish he'd get 55 to 60 because he crushes Donald Ross courses. That said, we got the Wyndham coming up. So maybe I wait one more week to get to Sedgefield where Webb is awesome. Um, Tringale is just not my, I, I don't do that. McNeely, I can see like 37 to one on DraftKings. There's fifties out there. I'm not a McNeely guy, but I, I, I can see why. Um, Woodland has had some decent finishes here. Russell Henley, Siwoo Kim. Um, any of those guys, anything pop up for you there? Like or don't like? I did bet Tringale this morning. Okay. At 42 on FanDuel, I believe. Um, Miscut last week, which I don't weigh a whole lot into a, a guy missing a cut the week before. Um, but gained the most strokes from Tita Green of anyone that missed the cut. Had a very down huh. week with the putter. Um, it's an inconsistent putter when we're talking about Cam Tringali regardless, but I do like that number. And then Russell Henley, um, last couple seasons, he's been really good at these easy scoring courses. His approach has been awesome for about two years straight. I think we're getting Henley at a affordable number, uh, good enough to bet. I had him like second week of the year at the Sony crushing to, to Hideki and, um, Willing to go back. So I, I like Russ and Tringali in this range. And I like what you're saying about Webb. I, I'm i going to hammer him in DFS. I just don't know if I can get there from an outright perspective. His numbers are shaky. When I look at strokes gain total on Donald Ross tracks, second in the entire field. Um, I do think there's something to that. I think that a lot of it probably comes from uh, the Wyndham, where he just kind of cleans up every year. But um, interesting one to me. Here's one that I did, and I think it's still out there. Let me see. Yes, there's a 60 out there on Chris Kirk. Um, I've been trying to get this guy right for a long time and never really have. I've had close calls. I think at the Arnold Palmer this year. I think at the Honda. Um, Rates out really strongly for me. Also fourth in strokes gain total on on Ross tracks. like hit, he has a good balance off the tee of like gaining on distance and hitting a ton of fairways. Um, his good drives gain numbers are really solid. And let me just refresh this because I believe he had a couple of solid finishes here. So seventh at the Canadian um, top five at the PGA championship earlier this year. So he's like, he's not playing horrible. And then I look at his numbers from the rocket. So 2020, I uh, finished 21st, 12th last season. Both instances, um, he was able to gain a lot of strokes off the tee, around the green, and putting. Like I'm, I'm ready to get. I call it getting Kirk teased. I'm ready to get Kirk <laughs> teased once again, dude. Sixty to one. Uh, and Kirk's I'm, a Bengrass guy too. Yeah, totally. Um, huge actually splits for for him where he 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 gets crushed on Poa. So I don't know how the the like what the ratio of the blend yeah. is there, but. Um, typically he is a very strong putter. Hopefully he can just make enough when it, when it matters. There's next group of guys. Like these are going to be some popular names. Stallings. I can see reasons for Hubbard. I can see reasons for Brendan Steele. I actually took Steele. So spoiler alert, there is 66 here. I got a 60. Um, I was not on him last week in DFS or betting. And I know a lot of people got burned by him. So sometimes I feel the need to like, Okay, a, back, lot of, yeah. a lot of smart people that I really like trust liked him last week, especially like my my sharp DFS guys, I call them. I had so a good like, amount of them last week, too. They and... missed 
it's it's a certain thing. Like these guys leave something in your head where you just can't go back the next week. Yeah, they burn you, especially when they have weeks like Tringale and Steele with the putter I know. last week. I know. But Steele's off the tee numbers, um, I mean, they're they're astonishing, really. Um, I think that he's second and off the tee. He's first in strokes game ball striking over the last 12. Um, he's first in good drives gained over the last 36. Like, he's really solid tee to green. It's just a matter of, are you going to get a steal who can make some putts? Right. Exactly. And he was um, in really good form heading into last week, too. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was in fantastic. And like I said, he burned enough people where maybe uh, maybe people have cooled on him a little bit. Like if he, I don't know, I may think, I think like this a lot. I don't know if it's right, but I'm like, if Steele top 20s last week, he's probably like 40 to one this week. He's in that yeah. crop right around Kisner. So I'll take yep. the extra points where I can get him. Um, you got your boy, Tom Kim. Cam Champ is 66 to one. Streelman, 66. Kucher, 70. Svensson, who burned a lot of people. Adam Smalley, them two are eighty to one. Chris Goderup, uh is eighty to one this week, so a little bit of bump. Lois, he's on. been in quite a while. What's that? Lois Goderup's been in quite a while. Yeah, and um, I'm not sure what kind of run he made. So I had him in a matchup against Neesmith that I thought was dead forever, and then he came through and won that on Sunday for the tournament match. Um, yeah, I mean, if we're gonna like say there's a, the thing is, is if I'm gonna play Cam Davis on this narrative that like just Bryce in this place and just hammer driver 335 340 and then try to get up and down like I feel like Goderup's that like he's second in driving yes. distance he's so yeah. long he's so good off the tee but where the difference is Cam Davis is a very good putter Bryson is actually a very good putter um, Goderup is not especially inside six feet from what I've seen thus far but it's a tasty number I know some people got some hundreds yeah, and at that point, you almost have to. But like you said, putter is a pretty big deal here. And the amount of strokes he loses on the greens, it's it's tough to get to. Him, him and Tom Kim, I, I kind of group into the same category. These quote-unquote rookies who are trying to get their tour card for, for next season. And they have a lot at stake. They got to be... They got to equal the same amount of FedEx Cup points as the 125th guy in. They don't get into the playoffs, but they can get their tour card secured. So they're playing for a lot. I just don't think they're going to go out and win. 100%. I'm going to get to the long shot range here. Do me a favor real quick, dude. Unplug your mic and plug it back in. I don't know if it's on my end. It's a little bit staticky. I'm going to do this quick ad read for my boys over at Fantasy Golf Pod. Um, the boys were out playing a little bit of golf today. I saw Josh. My guy, Chad, Eric, they were all out there on the course. Love to see the guys together. Also, if you're here now and you did not hear it earlier, I'm giving away some T-shirts, uh, golf gambling club tees. Feel free to leave a comment on the YouTube page. If you're watching this on Twitter, slide over to YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Like That hooks me up a little bit, um, so I would appreciate I think it does. I don't really know, um, but it's always helpful. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Leave a little comment, and I will... Uh, pick out a winner. So thanks to Chad, the fantasy golf guys, uh, good friends, original partner and preferred lines. Always support them. Uh, let's go on Dom to this sort of hundred to one range. Nick Hardy's there off some burns. Danny Willett had a nice performance. These are guys. Patrick Rogers is 90 to one. That's interesting. Callum Taron is an interesting one. So I had him top 40 last week cash for me. I had an outright he was like in third at one point. He floated all the way back down to like 40th and then I think shot 31 on the back nine. So another guy who's really long off the tee, I believe, yep. top 10 in driving distance. You got any guys uh, 
like hundred to one range, big time bombs? I have a couple hundred to ones. I did both. Um, well, actually, Troy Merritt, eighty to one. Bat Rivers. I took his top six each way. Uh, DraftKings, I think, was the first out. They had a sixty. I already cashed I that, that out and went over to Bat Rivers because it's eighty. Obviously, not going to leave a, a sixty when there's that. But with Merritt, obviously, the playoff loss to Cam Davis last year. Uh, but last week at the three M Open, T forty nine. Had the worst putting week of his career. Lost over five and a half strokes. Did he really? Um, he did. Uh, putters never really been an issue for Merritt. So it doesn't concern me all that much, but led the field in strokes gained off the tee. Fairways gained. Was second in good drives gained. Ninth in greens and regulation. So everything but the putter was there for him last week at TPC Twin Cities. The track record at the Rocket Mortgage Classic last two years. T2, T8. Gained over five strokes putting each of the last two years here. So hopefully he can get back on track there. I like the each way a lot. Not to say he's going to go out and win it, but when you get that 80 to one top six, uh, six place finish, I do like Troy Merritt. And I'm a Ricky Fowler homer. Okay. So Give me the case. He's uh, clearly a rocket mortgage poster boy. Kind of has yep. to show up and he has uh, T32, 12th. Uh, 46th. He's 132 in the FedEx Cup standings right now with two weeks to go. I have heard that he intends on playing this week and next if he has to. So basically, I mean, what if he gets a win or I don't see him pushing himself too far up in the FedEx Cup standings this week to not have to play next week, but right. kind of liked what I saw from Ricky last week at the 3M. T38 was fourth in the field in ball striking. Um, Showed a little bit of life, and it was when something's on the line. So if you got to get yourself into that top 125, why not here? A place that he's had success. I, I mean, I just don't see a situation where Ricky doesn't have his card. That would be insane. It but is we're there. Insane to think about. I think you like you might have sold me on merit there. That the him leading the field off the tee uh, is he, that he does not do that. Don't think I've ever heard of that with him. Uh, no. And losing almost six with the putter is very unlikely at a, at another birdie fest this week where he tends to thrive. Ricky, oh man, I don't know. I would like to see it. So I had him at the Scottish because I thought he, I knew that he really wanted to get into the Open Championship where he always plays awesome. Yeah. Um, and he was like there through three days and then really kind of lost it on Sunday. But he needed to be one of the top three non-qualifiers. But um, there were rumblings, man. And I've heard them down here for a little while uh, living in Florida that, um, you know, he's playing good golf from people who, who are, you know, see him over there at the Grove and medalist. And, you know, the other thing is like Matt Wallace, I think, commented that he was really striking it unbelievably when he saw him overseas. So I'd love to see the comeback. I don't think I'm quite there from an outright perspective. I'm going to probably uh, do a lunchtime long shots video tomorrow and, and you know, release a couple of, of my bombs, 100 to 1. But we've seen these guys cash here. Granted, there was not odds on Nate Lashley because he was added to the field so late. But if yeah. there were, he would have been like 250 to 1. Yeah, Cam Davis least. was 125 to 1. Is there anyone else like – in this super deep range, it's not a bad number on Bo Hostler at 150, who's playing decent. Is there any uh, any other guys that that uh, strike your interest in this deep range? I'm gonna go pretty deep here. Do it, Kevin Chapel, 350. Okay, 
Uh, Where's Chappie? You know, Three fifty. Bet Rivers. So when I see a yep. guy have having the highest odds over at Bet Rivers, and you can get that top six each way, it's just such an advantage. Um, Huge. Solid week. God, I didn't even have. I believe last week he was pretty solid off the tee. Um, always like Chapel. I'm I'm hanging on to that. He's gonna kind of bounce back here and um, kind of make a name for himself again. Obviously, longer off the tee. He's good off the tee and always has been. And at three fifty to one, and this is an each way thing. But yeah, oh there it is. Last week gained four and a half strokes off the tee. Made yeah. the cut of the 3M, but didn't do much else. Right. And it was a pretty solid gainer off the tee the week before at the Barbasol, where he finished 21st also, or two yep. weeks before. So that's – I'll probably throw a sprinkle on him, but outside of that, um, probably sit in 100 and in. Yeah, I think that's – I mean, Hostler, I have a little bit of interest in. Straka, maybe I have to look like I'm sure the recent form has been really bad for him to drift to 160, but he had a really nice run. Um, Hayden Buckley, I, I don't know, I'll have to look. There's Scott Piercy again, 150 to one. Man, that was quite a collapse last week. Um, yeah. that had to be fun with a Finau ticket. It was, I had Piercy <laughs> in my season long, and it definitely wasn't as big of a payout, but I was like, oh, at least I got that, and then. Turned it on Sunday. Finau's making a charge. Well, really, Piercy just collapsed. It wasn't even Finau making that much of a charge. Yeah, but it's a little bit of both, yeah. My only thing with these long shots this week, Joe, is like the top of the board, it's not as strong as it has been in the past, but some of those guys at the top are kind of scary. Like I could see the Rocket Mortgage Classic being the site of Zalatoris' first win or Cam Young's first win. Like totally. it just, it just kind of makes sense. And they are that good. They are that much better than everybody else. And the fact that they're making a stand to come over to Detroit, Michigan and play here, they're here for a reason. I mean, they're not just playing to get a check. So that does scare me. That's why I'm kind of going 100 and in. Still haven't made my final decisions at the very, very top, but it's definitely something to think about. Agree. Um, the guys at the top are hungry, and I think it would be even hungrier if Finau didn't just win because he's a guy that needs one. Yeah. Um, Dalatoris is hungry for it. Young is hungry. Homa is just always hungry right now because he's just he's he's in a mode where um, he's feeling it and he's just trying to stack wins. Patrick Cantlay is hungry, and here's why: he wants to get like he wants that FedEx Cup back. And he needs yeah. points, and he need because he knows how important that the starting scores are. Um, there have been rumors of him sort of defecting, so I think that he wants that big check before he's going to do anything or make any definitive decisions. Um, and that's why he's at a place like this. That's why he's yeah. showing up as a guy who doesn't play much golf to Detroit because he's the favorite, and it's a chance to get a lot of points heading right into the playoffs and yep. get some reps under the belt. Speaking of guys, Dom, who have defected, let's pull this up. I know. A lot of people don't want to touch this kind of content. Uh, I'm willing to go there if, if you hate me for it, whatever. Um, here's what we got in Bedminster at Trump. There's like been, I, I looked all day, dude. There's not been really much of a, a great course preview. I know the course, but I like not sure how they're going to set it up this week. 
Um, I wish there was a little bit more stuff that that live themselves would put out, but um, we got a full field, man. All the boys are here this week. Uh, DJ's five to one. Bryson ten to one. Abe Answer twelve to one. That's a weird one to me. Um, Louis twelve to one. Gooch twelve to one. Brooksy sixteen to one. Reed sixteen. Brandon Grace eighteen. Jason Kokrak twenty two. Kevin Na twenty five. Are you interested in, in betting this thing at all? Do you have any leans or anyone that you, you see with maybe potentially some value? Um, I was on Bryson at the open, so I don't think that Good 10 pick. to 1 is all that bad. Um, his It was more of a price thing at the open. Like I was willing to risk it for where he was priced, and it paid off. He was like one placement point out of the each way, so kind of got me there. But DFS always makes up for it. That's why you got to kind of balance uh, both worlds there. Uh, but towards the 20-ish range, I mean, Paul Casey and Jason Kokrak stand out to me. Two guys that are newer to live. I've been on Paul Casey for quite some time. He's had a hell of a run the last couple years here. Um, Kokrak has been a bit shaky, but obviously we know that he has win equity, as does a lot of the guys in this range around him. But those are two guys that stand out towards the top for me. Yeah, the thing about Bryson for me, and I think it was fair, and it was actually Tiger who brought it up heading into the Open where – Somebody asked him his comments on on live or whatever, and he was like, what's the incentive to earn it in the dirt? And what he means about that is like, what's the incentive any longer if you have guaranteed contracts to practice as hard as possible? And Tiger takes a ton of pride in that because he was notorious for his like 9, 10, 11 hour range sessions where he would just work himself into a full sweat and outwork everyone else and why he's the greatest player of all time so my point being i think those concerns are real for a lot of these guys for brooks um for these guys maybe in the twilight so to speak of their career where they took a big paycheck can they go out there and win off maybe not a full week of training and practice sure they're all so good and it's golf and things are happening but if like I'm going to trust the guy that he's been putting in nearly the same amount of work on a weekly, daily, monthly basis now that he was when he was on the PGA Tour, I kind of trust that Bryson is doing that. Um, he's still posting his videos. He's still young. He's still got the energy. He's still got the want and the desire. And like there's like a, a, a happiness factor that he has like being there where he seems very content with his decision, where I think a lot of other guys may, not that they're second-guessing it, but they may have just taken the money, and they may, like Brooks, for instance, like he doesn't seem very happy to to be there. Right. Um, Sergio doesn't seem real happy. So it's like that stuff kind of matters to me. 10 to 1 is tough. I might yeah, do it just because I think that he's the best player, um, has the biggest upside, and I know that he's outworking DJ. But yeah, that number's tough. You mentioned Paul Casey. I think Charles Howe, I was just going to look at how he was, like he was on a decent little run like before he, he left the PGA Thank Tour. Um, 18th at Memorial, 35th at Travelers, 13th at the John Deere, his last three PGA Tour starts. Those are the type of numbers that you're looking for on a guy that, that really has been working. And he was in, I believe, the field last week, late. He withdrew. He signed up here. He was practicing in Minnesota, and now he shifts over to New Jersey and may be able to pick up where things left off and a decent little run of form. So his 
Where's he at? 35 to 1. Not a bad number. No. Um, long shots. It's it's tough for me to bet these guys because I don't know as much about the European tour guys. Horsefield's 40, Poulter's 42, Jones 42, Westwood 45, Weisberger 50, Henny is 50, Lori is 50. Pat Perez is 50 like this. Th- these ones, I start to feel like the value is a little bit depleted on these type of guys in this range uh, right now as they're sort of figuring out how to price these live tour events. For me, I feel like every I'm going to probably shift my bets more toward the top in these the shorter fields, 48 guys. It's like a WGC, but it's not a WGC because there's a really strong top and right. then it drops kind of off a cliff in the mid range where there I think there's a big talent gap. You got someone hidden at 80 to 80, though, if you keep scrolling. Henrik Stenson. You like Henrik? I do. Okay. I do. I always like Henrik. Um, open championships, Scottish Open, missed the cut at both, gained off the tee in both. His approach at the Open was solid. There was a mixed Scandinavian doubles or something. Not doubles, but he was first place in that uh, really? three starts ago. So if you're going that deep, like you're getting a bunch of a bunch of euros who are fairly inconsistent. I would rather take a Henrik Stenson at 80 than a Scott Vincent at 65 or even Martin Keimer at 65. Okay. I trust your take on that. See, this is where like, I don't, this is where they need to improve. I think is like, yeah. they, like this, this back end of the field. I don't know who any of these guys are. And there's a certain crew that I think, um, follow the Asian tour and these in, and deep in the European tour who know a lot of these guys, but, um, this is where it's, it's not a WGC event. It's not the top 48 players where I think you can, you can redline a lot of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, you can. It's almost like the masters where you can take out X amount of names and go from there. I, f- I feel the exact same way until someone kind of breaks the mold and wins at 200 to one, which I'll be interested to see when and if that actually happens. But until then, I don't think they're going to adjust the odds that much. I'm pulling up right now, just to live Portland leaderboard, just to kind of see what it looked like. Um, Okay. So here's who it was. It was grace Ortiz, Reed Johnson, Ustazen. Those are your top five. Like those are the names. And they're all going to be top 10. And then you have Kazuma. Snuck in there at minus six. And you have Gooch, Wolf, Harding, DeChambeau. Um, so, yeah, like nine of the top ten were your notable All names, names that you've heard. That were all inside like 35 to one this week. Yeah. I think that probably ranged true. Um, I, For one, like I don't want to get into the politics of it, but like I'm kind of excited to see where this thing goes. And um, just from a viewing perspective, see what they have to offer. Like they're bringing in concerts, they're bringing in like this whole um, fan experience village, and um, it's interesting to me. Yeah, uh, trying to take like myself out of just because I, I I'm ignorant to some degree on the geopolitics and like where the money's come from, so I don't really want to speak to it too much on like how much of it is funded and what other things do they fund that I'm okay with? Like, so for me, I'm just trying to look at it as a golf tour and um, what they're doing, I think has some, some interest and they're generating buzz and they're getting names. And I think that they're not quite done yet. So excited to see where it goes. I will say this, like I'm 
two and a half hours out of Detroit, two and a half hours out of Chicago. Liv is coming to Chicago in September. I fully intend on going to that, but I don't have much drive to go to Detroit this weekend. I'm going to the finals in Doral. Oh um, my God. Yeah. It's... I'm going actually like, I'll, like uh, there's a bunch of guys coming down for it. Uh, if you want to come, like it's going to be in Miami. Um, Bear off and I are going to go. Tambo's coming down. Um, we're going to have a good, like imagine who they get for that concert in exactly. Miami for the finals. Like it's going to be a badass concert. Like they're putting a, a basically a club, like a, uh, you know, like a, a, a like the bars, like just the scene, I think like how much and it's, fun it's, it's just so much be. more to like go. You're not just going to a golf event, which yeah. nothing against the PGA tour. You're going to make it like a fucking festival. Exactly. I'm more know. on the side of the PGA tour. I think a lot of people are, but until I actually get to a live event and experience it, I don't think I can fully speak on like my standpoint, I guess. Yeah. And that one's going to have their attention, like 40 million. Like there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, dude, I probably kept you longer than you were thinking you were going to come on the show for, um, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Tell everyone where they can, uh, find you, follow you, what, what are the types of content you, you got coming out for PGA and NFL upcoming? Yeah, you can follow me at, on Twitter at Dom underscore 11, um, fantasy points, PGA lead, do a live show with Sam Wagman every Tuesday night on betting similar to this. And then the final points with Matt Gannon. DFS preview uh, pre-lock on Wednesday. Um, also going to be doing some fantasy football for fantasy points and fantasy data. Two weekends, I'll be heading down to the Pro Football Hall of Fame for the Kings Classic. So nice. that draft is always a blast. So th- this is a weird time, Joe. You're kind of pushing PGA away and pulling NFL in, and uh, I'm ready for it. So you're a huge Vikings fan. Yeah. Um, I was a huge Vikings fan growing up. I got a couple of like Randy Moss things right here. He was my All favorite right. player ever. So I grew up in West Virginia in a little small town. And I okay. saw Moss and Jason Williams. You know who Jason Williams is? White yep. Chocolate. They played high school football and high school basketball together. Um, that was a fun little combo. So I was a Vikings fan. I'm now a Browns fan. I'm just I'm, I, I transferred probably 20 years ago. I don't know what's going to happen with the Browns. It feels like like the expectations mark. are everywhere, right? Like yeah. my expectations, if there's a zero game suspension, are like division. Like I want to win the division. I think if, more than that, honestly. Yeah. If um if it goes the other way, it's like uh, like maybe top win five. six seven games. Yep. Top um, five, top ten pick. What are they? Why are they waiting, man? Why won't they give us an answer on this? You know more than I do. Can we? When are they going to give us an answer? I've been following it quite a bit, and like seeing like Watson highlights at practice, it's just a very weird situation. I feel like they're hiding a lot. Um, I don't get too much into the legal side of things. I know there's a lot of great people on fantasy Twitter who know all the ins and outs of the legal stuff, but I try and stay out of that. Just wait for the news to break before. I mean, assuming anything, you can. I know. Like Watson and fantasy drafts is very affordable and it could be a great hit. I feel the same way for like Amari Cooper. Like he's being drafted as Jacoby Brissett being the starting quarterback. If Watson's a starter, he probably moves up five, 10 spots at receiver. So yeah. a lot of question marks, but it'll be uh, exciting to see how it unfolds. And hopefully for you, uh, Watson's out there for 17 games. Yeah. I don't, I, I think it's, I think four to six, like, 
is probably the case. I'm torn, man, because um, all my boys are were very anti Baker, and I was like the one in the group chat forever, like trying to play, like defending him, yeah. even though like I knew that the the faults. I'm like, I'm trying to play the other side of the fence because they were just getting outrageous with like, he fucking sucks, and I'm like, dude, you got do you guys remember like three years ago when we were like the most like the worst team in all of sports. Um, and that's the hardest thing. Like I've went through it as a Vikings fan. Like when your franchise drafts a quarterback, even if you see that it's not what you want, you have to buy in. Yeah. Like yeah. the franchise is buying in. You have to buy in. I went through it with Christian Ponder. I tried to convince myself that he was all right. Push him to the playoffs one year. And it's like, yep. I mean, what else are you going to do? I know. I think that, they had to take the chance. Um, it was a huge gamble. Yeah. But I think that, like, if their goal is, like, we see this, like, window right now where we have Garrett and Ward and Chubb and Hunt and all these, like, weapons and, like, we feel like we have, like, four years to, like, try and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. It's you have to take the gamble, right? Because he's the one that can potentially get you there versus I feel like Baker was kind of maxed out at his potential. And they're going to get clowned if he does get a full year. It's the Browns. Everyone likes to pick on him. But at the same time, if he if he just gets a year and he's back next year, it's still it, it can still turn out as a win in that trade. It really can. Yeah. There's time. He's young. I know, I know. I worry about like time off though. Like two years at quarterback is scary. It is. It is. But for sure. um, anyways, dude, thank you so much for for coming on. You're a great dude. I appreciate you uh, being a part of the show. Thanks a lot, man. I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Later, buddy. All right, that was a ton of fun. Um, I appreciate you guys for for staying along for a little bit of Browns talk there. I had to ask him. He's like. He's an NFL guy. Like, I don't know enough. I'm, I'm stuck in PGA content. Um, and I need just to know what's going to happen with my quarterback. So uh, I appreciate Dom giving me a little bit of insight. Uh, Dan, I'm going down this well with Troy Merritt. Dan, I am too, right? He convinced me anytime Troy Merritt leads the field off the tee and is maybe uh, the same price, basically, that I paid for him last week at 70 to one off an awful putting week. Some things happened. I saw that he tweeted with um, his son, I believe where he had to rush off the course one day and like still managed to stay in the tournament and and play reasonably well. So uh, I'm going to be with you there, Dano. I appreciate you. Anyone else for checking out the show. Um, Thanks so much. I will talk to you guys later. Give me a like, give me a subscribe on the way out. That's it for this one. Peace.